Hello? Anybody home? Today, I want you to open your mind. I've almost come to the conclusion that the story is so damning that the mass of people can't deal with it. We are in process of developing a whole series of techniques to get people actually to love their servitude. We face a hostile ideology, global in scope, atheistic in character, ruthless in purpose and insidious in method. For we are opposed around the world by a monolithic and ruthless conspiracy that relies primarily on covet means for expanding its sphere of influence. To change the minds and the attitudes and the beliefs of the people of the world, and especially the United States, to bring about one world socialist totalitarian government. The potential for the disastrous rise of misplaced power exists and will persist. It has patterned itself after every dictator who has ever planted the ripping imprint of a boot on the pages of history since the beginning of time. If you can get people to consent to the state of affairs in which they are living, then you have a much more easily controllable society than you would if you were relying wholly on clubs and firing squads and concentration camps. Tools of conquest do not necessarily come with bombs and explosions and fallout. There are weapons that are simply thoughts attitudes, prejudices, to be found only in the minds of men. The military-industrial complex not only controls our government, but they control our culture. As you connect the dots between different people, organizations, places, religions, history, suddenly the picture starts to form. If you don't connect the dots, it's just a mass of what's all this about. The kingdom of God is within man, not one man, nor a group of men, but in all men, in you. You, the people, have the power to make this life free and beautiful, to make this life a wonderful adventure. Someone born in the United States is not more special than someone born in Mexico. Someone who is white is not more special than someone who is black. They're just vehicles for the consciousness to experience. Brutes have risen to power, but they lie. They do not fulfill that promise. They never will. Dictators free themselves, but they enslave the people. War is peace. Freedom is slavery. Ignorance is strength. They do not want your children to be educated. They do not want you to think too much. It was learned that the aliens had been and were then manipulating masses of people through secret societies, witchcraft, magic, the occult, and religion. They reach into our children in music, television, books. Pray on children's innocence. How can I disprove lies that are stamped with an official seal? So if you have the opportunity to stand next to one of these machines, it feels like an altar to an alien god. The Army Air Forces has announced that a flying disc has been found and is now in the possession of the Army. You can deny all the things I've seen, all the things I've discovered, but not for much longer, because too many others know what's happening out there. And no one, no government agency has jurisdiction over the truth. Any state, any entity, any ideology that fails to recognize the worth, the dignity, the rights of man, that state is obsolete. A case to be filed under M for Mankind in the Twilight Zone. It's about time some of you got acquainted with the real hard truth. 
Freedom is the privilege to be right. Freedom from the disasters of our mistakes. It's the heart that says, I will not acquiesce. Across the gulf of space, intellects, vast and cool and unsympathetic, regarded our planet with envious eyes. Each of us, when separated, is always looking for our other half. And the desire and the pursuit of the whole is called love. Heart perception will change everything. Broadcasting from the Sonoran Desert in the beautiful state of Arizona, I'm your host, Ryan Gable, and you are listening to The Secret Teachings Radio. If you'd like to contact the show, you can email us, as always, at rdgable at yahoo.com. You can find us on social media, facebook.com forward slash The Secret Teachings and TST underscore underscore radio on Twitter. You can find my books only on my website, thesecretteachings.info, as well as our affiliate sponsor, Pro One Water Filters, and our behind-the-scenes content on Patreon. You can also find links to our t-shirts on the website, along with our free archive, where you can listen to all of the shows, download them, listen to them any time of the day or night. You do have to listen to advertisements, though, and if you don't like that, you can subscribe to the archive that doesn't have advertisements. You can do that weekly, monthly, or yearly, and subscribers get access not only to that archive for the show, but montages that we play on the show. We played one last night. You'll get a privatized RSS feed that you can plug into your podcast or radio player. You'll also get early access to the show when it is pre-recorded www.thesecretteachings.info. If you subscribe, you keep us on air. If you buy a book, you keep us on air. And that is the only thing, you, that keeps us on air Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. Five nights a week now for several years. We've been on air for about 11 years. So we've done quite a bit of radio. And no matter how many radio shows you do, And how many times you talk about the same subject or how many shows you bring up a new subject. You know, the the, the general listening public tend to want to hear the same type of subject matter. It could be Bigfoot, it could be ghosts, it could be conspiracies, it could be their political views, whatever it is. And, you know, obviously people feel comfortable listening to people that share their views. And I know sometimes this show can be really difficult to listen to for some because it's it's not coming from one side or the other and although people do indeed message me a message me thinking that it does come from one side or the other uh, I promise you that it doesn't and that guarantees that we won't be syndicated on big networks because unless you have a lot of money to pay for that uh, they will only syndicate you usually if you if you fit into a certain paradigm of what they're looking for And I can tell you this, there aren't many people, and there certainly aren't many radio stations, there aren't many listeners looking for a balanced perspective on any kind of subject. I mean, it doesn't matter what the topic is. It could be, well, it could be Bigfoot. It could be UFOs. You know, the UFO community doesn't want anything to do with questions about the validity of UFO mythology or UFO lore. 
They don't want anybody to question the Roswell story. They don't want anybody to question the Betty and Barney Hill story. They don't want anybody to question the secret space program. They don't want anybody to question any of the narratives because that's the world that they choose to live in. It doesn't mean that I don't think that aliens are real, but those kinds of statements, you know, it's, I don't even know what they mean. I mean, if you, someone asked me if aliens are real, define alien. I, I don't know. Explain to me the definition of the word to you so I can answer the question. And it's, for me, it's becoming, honestly, it's becoming harder and harder to converse about, especially about controversial subjects, because I just do not see eye to eye with virtually anybody. I don't see eye to eye with people that are pro or anti UFO. I don't see eye to eye with people that are pro or anti uh, abortion. I mean, last night we talked about a subject that I had a few people message me and thank me for covering it. And I honestly and sincerely don't know if they were men or women uh, because they didn't, you know, provide their name and no indication of of their of their gender. But last night I I talked to you about how in our society, if there's a women's issue like abortion, it's considered a woman only topic. Men are not allowed to talk about it unless they support the cause. And women also aren't allowed to talk about it if they don't support the cause or the opposition to the cause. So you either have to be pro or anti. And if you have a middle ground view, a moderate view on the subject, then nobody wants to hear you talk, whether you're a man, especially if you're a man, but, well, even if you're a woman. No no, no woman who's pro-abortion wants to hear another woman who's not really pro-abortion, not really anti-abortion, but maybe is a circumstantialist. They're, they're willing to discuss circumstances of abortion. Even if that is closer to being pro-abortion than being totally anti-abortion, the pro-abortion person doesn't want to hear it because it's not their belief. And they can't quantify it because it's not the opposition of their belief. So that woman or that man who has that view, if it's a man, well, they're a man, so their opinion doesn't matter on this. This is a woman's issue. But if it's a woman, their opinion still doesn't matter. And when we treat people like that, when we ostracize and we excommunicate people from conversations, it's so bizarre because when you're more moderate about something, you actually tend to lean in both directions. And so you're closer as a moderate to people on the pro or anti side of any argument than the people on the pro or anti side of any argument. If you talk to an anti person, you're closer to their views than their total opposition in the pro party, but they don't want anything to do with you because you're not totally anti or totally pro, and you also can't be quantified and put into a category because you're not their opposition. This is how we look at the world. And part of it is instinctual, I think. Part of it is 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 biology. Part of it is... We're looking for a tribe. We're looking for a clan. We're looking for a grouping, something where we feel comfortable and, and we feel safe. And as a matter of fact, I was reading uh, the book Propaganda last night, and this was one of the things in the book, uh, the, the book Propaganda written in the early 20th century that, that, was, that was discussed in detail. And that, if you've ever read the book, it's, it's literally taking people's natural, innate, uh, uh, a psychological state of mind, if you will, and utilizing it to advance corporate, 
political, whatever the agenda might be. Knowing that people feel more comfortable in groups, so you have groups that are artificially created, and then people are plugged into those groups. So when you disagree, at least the group that you're disagreeing with understands that you are the enemy and the opposition. But if you're not the enemy and the opposition, they assume, well, you must be with us. But when you declare that you're not with either group, now you're a threat to both. Rather than being being considered, you know, someone who's in the middle who sees both sides and will listen to both sides, you get screamed at by both sides. You you get you get removed from any conversation. Nobody wants to hear that. Nobody wants to hear that sometimes Republicans are right, sometimes Democrats are right. It's not really about being a Republican or Democrat, though. It, it, nobody wants to hear that sometimes pro-abortionists have a good point. And sometimes anti-abortionists have a good point. Let me give you an example. If a woman is raped, I mean, I, I, I agree. A woman who's raped should be able to have an abortion. Does that make me pro-abortion? Does that quantify me as pro-abortion to the anti-abortion crowd, to the Christians and to the religious folk and to the fundamentalists? Probably. And if the pro-abortion people said, well, well, now that you agree that if someone's raped, they should be able to get an abortion, you must be pro-abortion. No, I'm not pro-abortion. Well, then you must be anti-abortion. I'm not anti-abortion either. Well, you have to be one or the other. No, I don't have to be one or the other. I can look at individual cases on a case-by-case basis. I can see things based on circumstance, not based on bias. Yes, if a woman's raped, she should be able to get an abortion. I feel woman's the victim of incest, she should be able to get an abortion, I feel. But that's what doesn't make any sense about this whole thing, this whole abortion debate. I, I was driving downtown Tucson about three days ago, so earlier this week, and I saw some young girls, and there was an older woman, I'm sure she was directing it, some young girls, I'm assuming they're from the college, and they were downtown Tucson holding up signs that said, don't overturn Roe versus Wade. Or the sign said, I wish I'd have gotten a picture of it, but I, I was driving through the city and I was, I was trying, it's a, Tucson's kind of a smaller city, so you can drive through it pretty quick. And I was driving through it to get to the, the grocery store on the other side of town. So I, I, I saw it really quick. I didn't have a time to stop or anything like that and take a picture of the, of the protesters. They had all these signs like, oh, don't overturn Roe versus Wade or RVW is my fundamental right to abortion and things like that. And I sincerely thought, I sincerely wondered, and I still am sincerely thinking and wondering, have those girls, or you see men at these rallies too, pro and anti, have the girls that are pro-abortion and the girls that are anti-abortion and the men that are, and the boys and the men that are pro-abortion or anti-abortion, have any of them actually read Roe versus Wade? Because people act like a Supreme Court decision is a sing- singular sentence. People act like it's it's one person, or maybe maybe they know there's a couple of Supreme Court justices, but people act like there's one person who, on a typewriter, says abortion is now legal, enter. And then that gets that gets shared with the media, and now everybody just thinks, yeah, abortion's legal. But that's not how it works. <laughs> I mean, if you, if you, it's it's funny actually because that's not how that's not how it works at all. It, it, you know, 
Roe versus Wade was like 66 pages long. So there's the description of the case, then the majority opinion, and then there's the dissenting opinion opinion in the Supreme Court case. And people think that it's a black and white issue. It's a singular sentence written on a typewriter that just says, you can kill babies now. And they're like, that's my fundamental right. They're like, okay, I can go get babies ripped out of me now. It's legal. That's not at all what Roe versus Wade said. It doesn't matter if you're pro-abortion or anti-abortion. I know this is hard to hear because you can't quantify this. You can't, you can't put this into a category or a box. Trying to figure out what, what's Ryan's beliefs, what's his political views, what's his religious stance. He clearly is a Christian, but no, he's not because he's pro, but he's an anti. He, I don't know what to think. I'm going to turn it and listen to Bigfoot shows. This is more psychology than it is anything. You have people protesting about things they don't understand. I'm not saying I'm a legal scholar, but at least I've read Roe versus Wade. And it's it's dozens and dozens and dozens and dozens of pages of majority opinion and dissenting opinion and a description of the case. And yet, I guarantee you, most of those girls haven't read it. The only people I bet you that have read Roe versus Wade are either staunch, hardcore feminists, which good for them or people that go to law school. That, that's about it. I, I, I would put money on it. There's not a single person on the nightly news talking about abortion, whether it's Brian Stelter or even Laura Ingram or anybody, Fox News, CNN, Rachel Maddow, uh, Lester Holt, uh, Brian Williams. Is he still on air? Did they finally fire him for lying? I don't know. I bet you none of these people have read Roe versus Wade. And if they have... Well, a shame on them for not pointing out the obvious contradictions in the pro-abortion argument. Like, for example, I have a copy of Roe versus Wade right here. I mean, I have the whole thing. It's a big document. I don't know if you can hear the pages, but it's big. It's a big document. You can read through it. Probably take you hour, something like that, depending on how fast you read. And obviously, a lot of legal terminology, so it might take you longer. But here's what it says. Uh, this is page 100 and it starts on 113. So this is page 153. There's about 40 pages into the decision. And it says, on the basis of elements such as these, and it references a number of different situations, psychological harm, maternity issues, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Appellant and Amici argue, the different arguments, that the woman's right is absolute and that she is entitled to terminate her pregnancy at any time, at whatever time, in whatever way, and for whatever reason she alone chooses. With this, we do not agree. Let me read that to you again. Some argue that, quote, the woman's right is absolute and that she is entitled to terminate her pregnancy at whatever time, in whatever way, and for whatever reason she alone chooses. With this, we do not agree. Now, I had to make sure, because up until somewhat recently, I haven't read the entirety of Roe versus Wade. So I went and I printed it and I read it. It cost me about $9 to print this thing out because it's big. It's not a single sentence. It's not black and white. So I printed it out and I read it and I came across that statement. 
Let me read it to you again. I had the check to make sure this was the majority opinion and wasn't the dissenting opinion. It says the woman's right is absolute and that she is entitled to terminate her pregnancy at whatever time and whatever way and for whatever reason she alone chooses. With this, we do not agree. So those young girls I saw downtown holding up signs don't overturn Roe versus Wade. And all the protests we've seen in major cities around the country ever since the leak of that Supreme Court opinion about, what was it, a month ago, a month or so ago? The Supreme Court's decision in Roe versus Wade was that they don't agree that a woman's right is absolute to have an abortion and that she shouldn't be entitled to terminate her pregnancy at whatever time and whatever way and for whatever reason she alone chooses. I almost feel like the Oz factor. I almost feel like the birds stop chirping, the insects stop making noise, the wind stops blowing, and the hair on the back of your neck stands up when you read something like that. Not because it's necessarily, you know, it it, it fundamentally changes the way that we live, but it when you read something like that, you realize, hold on a second, hold on a second. People that are anti-abortion argue that, and, and some might be pro-abortion in some cases, that they tend to argue that it, it shouldn't just be the the only option for women that get pregnant is to have an abortion. Like there should be, there's, there are different scenarios and that a woman shouldn't have an absolute right to terminate her pregnancy. That's kind of moderate to being more anti-abortion or a circumstantialist. And it's funny because that was actually the majority opinion in Roe versus Wade. Meaning that the majority opinion in Roe versus Wade is not so much aligned with those that are pro-abortion. It's more so aligned with those that are moderates and anti-abortion. Try to wrap your head around this. Let me read it to you one more time. The basis of these arguments that they relate to, that they talk about prior to this statement, argue that, quote, the woman's right is absolute and that she is entitled to terminate her pregnancy at whatever time, in whatever way, and for whatever reason she alone chooses. With this, we do not agree. That's the Supreme Court's majority opinion. I posted that on Facebook to uh, a person who was commenting on uh, one of my uh, posts for the show because they told me that I was just wanting to regress back to slavery because I said Roe versus Wade is probably going to be overturned and I believe that it's a state's rights issue and that the federal government should not be involved in this, and that's all that overturning Roe versus Wade is going to do. It's going to allow states to make the decision. And this individual said that I was regressing backward toward black slavery. I, I don't know how that fits into the equation, but that's that's what he said. And then I, I posted this opinion from the Supreme Court that gave people this right, quote-unquote, to abortion, and... I said, that's the majority opinion in Roe versus Wade. Plus, with the the Supreme Court case of Casey in 1992, they already gave states a right to regulate abortion so long as it doesn't produce an undue hardship, quote unquote. And the guy literally could not understand what I was saying. And that's the problem that I'm having. And it's not just abortion. It's I'm seriously having this problem every day of my life. I can't converse with people because it seems like everybody, pro or anti, left or right, up or down, black or white, is totally hysterical. I cannot show people who are pro-abortion 
a statement from Roe versus Wade that they reference on their protest signs because they won't fundamentally understand what the case was about. They won't fundamentally understand that, and this is the New York Times, that in the 1980s, it turns out that the woman, we're going to talk about this later, involved in Roe versus Wade, lied about being raped. She was never raped, and she admitted it. Or that the case itself that you write on your signs, Roe versus Wade, actually says that a woman's right to abortion is not an absolute right, and the court doesn't believe that she should be able to terminate her pregnancy at whatever time and whatever way and for whatever reason she alone feels fit. With this, we do not agree, said the majority opinion back in 1973. Can we just stop for a second and think about that? I'm not trying to convince you of something here. I'm simply pointing out an inconsistency that I find to be quite gross. If you don't believe me, look it up for yourself. Roe versus Wade PDF. It's on page 153. Type in this headline. This is the New York Times, 1987. Key abortion plaintiff now denies she was raped. The woman who's challenged to a court uh, or state law virtually prohibiting the abortion the woman whose challenge to a state law virtually prohibiting abortion led to the Supreme Court's landmark Roe v. Wade decision now says she lied when she declared upon bringing suit that it was rape that had caused her pregnancy. She lied about it. I mean, that should definitely affect the case, should it not? She lied about rape. And because of the lie that she was raped, Tens of thousands, tens of millions of babies have been aborted because of that woman's despicable, disgusting, demeaning lie. And that's why we don't believe women regardless of what they say. That's why we don't just believe people when they say, oh, I was raped because I regret having sex with that person, or I got pregnant, so I'm going to make this guy raise the child. I mean, it is so unbelievably disgusting what our society allows under the guise of women's rights and that doesn't make it a men's issue it just it's disgusting it would be disgusting and there are certain things that are disgusting in regards to men uh it's it's about time you realize that you don't have to pick a side and that there's more complicated issues within the overall black and white uh subject Uh, that people interpret to be a a one-size-fits-all. You either agree or disagree, and if you disagree, you must be in the opposition, and if you're not, well, then everybody hates you. I'm Ryan Gable. This is The Secret Teachings. We're going to talk about this in more detail tonight on the broadcast. There's a lot more coming up after this. Don't go anywhere. You are hearing the sound between that which is above and that which is below. It's KTLK Digital Broadcasting, The Fringe FM. The Secret Teachings is finally available on nearly every podcast platform, from Apple to Spotify and Podcast Addict. Search the name and start listening today for free. But if you want to avoid those annoying ads, head on over to thesecretteachings.info and subscribe to the ad-free archive. It's got old shows, new shows, and you can also download Ryan's digital books. Subscribe today. What are you waiting for? The end of the world? 
If you enjoy the secret teachings and want to hold years of my research in your hands, visit our website and grab physical and digital copies of my books. Occult Arcana will introduce you to sacred myths, folklore, magic, theology, and alchemy. The technological elixir will take you from transhumanism and AI to black goo and UFOs. And food philosophy might just change your mind about what we call food, germ theory, and geoengineering. Remember, shipping is always included with the books. Visit www.thesecretteachings.info and get your copy today. The Secret Teachings is now on Gab and Getter. Search Ryan Gable on both to find the show or stick with The Secret Teachings in the Metaverse. People ask me all the time what they can do to take control of their lives when facing a daily onslaught of dis and misinformation. I say take control of your body and mind with water filtration. Visit www.thesecretteachings.info and click on our affiliate sponsor link with Pro One Water Filters at the top of the page to search for a water filter for the home, camping trip, and even the shower. They filter countless contaminants and make a wonderful gift for friends, family, and yourself. That's Pro One Water Filters at thesecretteachings.info. Are you intrigued by Paranormal Talk Radio? You'll love the new Paranormal Radio app from TalkStream Live. You'll find a great selection of talk shows covering UFOs, ghosts, strange phenomena, and much more. Download the Paranormal Radio app now and start listening to the very best in Paranormal Talk entertainment, including the network you're listening to right now, the Paranormal Radio app, free in Google Play and the iOS App Store. Hello, folks. This is Jordan Maxwell. My website is jordanmaxwellshow.com, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings with your host, Ryan Gable. Do you have everything you need to explore The Secret Teachings? I've got my secret socks on and my secret TV and my secret TV channel. Looks like SpongeBob's ready. Are you? Hey, this is John Peasy at johnpeasy.com, and I'm here with Ryan Gable from The Secret Teaching. This is David Icke from davidike.com, and you are listening to The Secret Teachings with Ryan Gable. Attention, you are tuned into restricted airspace. Tune out immediately. This is KTLK Digital Broadcasting, The Fringe FM. You're listening to The Secret Teachings Radio. I'm your host, Ryan Gable. I know it might be difficult to process not the specific subject matter of tonight's show, but the idea of what it implies. That if you are pro-anything, as opposed to being anti-whatever, what happens is, if you're pro, the opposition disagrees with you, obviously. And if you're anti, well, the opposition disagrees with you, obviously. But if you're somewhere in the middle and you say, well, I can see where the pro people are coming from and I can see where the anti people are coming from, but sometimes I feel like you're both being dishonest and that there should be a more balanced interpretation of the details and we should analyze things on a case-by-case basis And we should try to figure out what best suits both parties. Or maybe sometimes there's a third argument or a fourth. When you do that, even though you're actually agreeing a little bit with one side or the other, neither side wants anything to do with you because, well, clearly, clearly, you're not on their side because you're 
saying other things that they disagree with. So that must mean you're the opposition. But even though you don't fit into that category either, well, you just don't matter and people are quiet. I mean, I've experienced this with, um, with, with pretty much everything I've done in my radio career. I remember one time I was on a roundtable discussion and somebody was talking about digital currencies and this was early on in the cryptocurrency craze. This was like four and a half years ago. And I was on this round table and I remember I was sitting there and I was, I, I wasn't extremely interested in the subject that people were talking about that evening, but I was asked to come on. So I'm on this round table and they were talking about uh, cryptocurrency. Is it good? Is it bad? Are you pro or are you anti cryptocurrency? And I said, I don't really think it's a matter of being pro-cryptocurrency or anti-cryptocurrency. I said, I I don't think that the average person even understands how basic economics work, let alone the printing of money, let alone something backed by a precious metal, let alone cryptocurrency. And I made a statement like that, and it was dead silent. Neither side said anything. It was about five seconds. Dead air. And then someone said, okay, like I was saying, and they totally ignored my statement. Neither side came to my defense because neither side understood what I was saying. It's not because I'm smart, ladies and gentlemen. It's not about intelligence. I feel that it's about perspective. It's about context. No, I'm not pro or anti anything. If I am pro anything, actually, it's it's literacy. That's what I, I'm pro-literacy. I'll declare that tonight. I am pro-literacy. And although I stumble over my words on occasion, mispronounce things, I'm still pro-literacy. Since I'm pro-literacy, I'd like to read something to you. What I'd like to read to you is from Roe v. Wade in 1973. This is the majority opinion of the court. For those of you who don't know, there's a description of the case a majority opinion, and then there's a dissenting opinion. This is the majority opinion. This majority opinion established what we now call RVW. This is what people are upset over right now because of a leaked Supreme Court opinion that is likely going to overturn Roe versus Wade. And we've gone into the specifics, the laws, and the details of this in a show recently, a couple of weeks ago, called Abortion, Abortion, the word abortion, of these proceeds go to Satan, because they certainly do. And tonight we're going to look at more of the psychology and the philosophy of, of these kinds of arguments and discussions, but then also go into the violence and the intimidation being used to influence federal officials to overturn their initial opinion decision in the Roe versus Wade uh, discussion, which the Supreme Court's also not pulling out Roe versus Wade and looking at it and saying, okay, let's overturn this. They're looking at a case, which when they decide the case will actually, based on Supreme Court case law, overturn the Roe versus Wade decision. And that's, that's how it works. It's not a guy with a typewriter typing one sentence. Roe versus Wade is now law. Like Roe versus Wade is just the name of the case. <laughs> so I, I mean, granted, I'm not a legal scholar, but I, I know that the average person pro or anti doesn't understand how the Supreme Court works. I know that for a fact because a lot of people that are 
pro-abortion just want the Supreme Court to be packed with additional liberal justices to just do whatever they want them to do. So let me read you something. This is from the Supreme Court's majority decision in Roe versus Wade. And I'd be happy to send you a copy of the actual case if you would like to read it. The case starts on page 113. There's the syllabus, and then it proceeds to the opinion of the court, the majority, and then the dissenting opinions in the case. Here is what it says. After talking about rights to privacy, maternity issues, psychological issues, etc., 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 it says on the basis of these elements... The argument that the woman's right is absolute and that she is entitled to terminate her pregnancy at whatever time, in whatever way, and for whatever reason she alone chooses, and the pro-abortion people are like, yeah, 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 see, 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 that's what it says. You missed one line. The court actually said, with this, we do not agree. We do not agree that a woman's right is absolute and that she is entitled to terminate her pregnancy at whatever time, in whatever way, and for whatever reason she alone chooses. Folks, it actually says that in the majority opinion. Again, for those of you who don't understand it, the majority opinion is what writes the case law. So this is the group of judges that actually made abortion legal, generally speaking, across the country. That was their statement. They don't believe abortion is an absolute right. They don't believe a woman is entitled to terminate her pregnancy at whatever time and whatever way and for whatever reason she alone chooses. How come there are not politicians? How come there are not legal scholars pointing this out in the media night after night? How come there are not anti-abortion activists, Republicans, and legal scholars pointing this out to credit their argument. It's like people are having a slap fight and here's a machine gun and nobody wants to pick it up because if the pro people pick it up, it just, they turn it on themselves, they kill themselves with it. If the anti-abortion people pick it up, well, first of all, they have to understand what it is because those people aren't reading this any more than the pro-abortion people are. They're scared of it. They don't want to pick it up. Nobody wants to pick it up because it fundamentally changes the narrative. Because if you pick this up as an anti-abortion activist or whatever you might be, you're anti-abortion, you pick this up as proof that what those people believe on the other side is actually very misguided, very misdirected. You've now destroyed your opposition, which means you have nothing to oppose. So your anti-abortion groups And the funding that you receive evaporates. And ladies and gentlemen, that is what it's all about. It's about maintaining your group. It's about maintaining the order and the structure and the financial benefits and perks of your organization. And the anti-abortion lobby has money just like the pro-abortion lobby. Whether it comes from donators or it comes from churches doesn't really matter. It's all a big pile of money, blood money, that both sides are bathing in. That's what it is. I mean, think about this. We talked about this last night on the show. If you are a man, 
you are more likely, and not just more likely, you are substantially more likely, about 60 plus percent more likely to spend more time in prison. In fact, you will actually be given 60 plus percent more time in prison for the same crime committed by a woman. Virtually every single death in war, every single death, virtually almost every single death in name a business, name a job, every war, every job, virtually every death is the death of a man. Men are three and a half times more likely to commit suicide. Men make up the majority of college dropouts. Men make up the majority of homeless people. And a lot of that stems from the fact that there aren't places for men to go when they suffer from abuse. And by the way, men suffer from sexual abuse and psychological abuse and generally speaking, intimate partner domestic violence at the same rate that women do. But there isn't anywhere for a man to go, so a man usually ends up in the street. But nobody wants to talk about that. Why? Because there isn't money in it. There's no money in it. It's like George Carlin said. If government officials, I'm paraphrasing, if government officials could find a way to make money off of cleaning up homelessness, you'd see it cleaned up pretty damn fast. But there's no way to make money in it. There's a way to use homeless people to advance your political agenda, to make the city less clean, to make it feel less safe, so you continue to vote for people who will tell you, we'll make it cleaner, we'll make it safer, although that never happens and people have a short attention span, so they keep voting for the same people and they keep living under the same conditions with trash and homelessness, as well as crime, violence, etc. So what is happening here? We discussed that last night. That's an issue that feminists don't want to talk about. It's an issue a lot of men don't want to talk about because if you talk about that, that's going to offend a lot of women. Now you maybe can't get laid or get a date. I'm being raw with you. That's, that's, that's how it works. That's how the situation works. Men don't want to talk about it because what are women going to think? Now you can't get a date. And a lot of women don't want to talk about it because uh, they're sitting there thinking, wait a minute. You're saying that men actually are oppressed too? Well, yeah. Everybody is oppressed to some extent. But it's not about oppression. It's about bringing awareness to the fact that it's not just women that are raped. It's not just women that are the victims of domestic violence. It's, it's statistically almost 50% both ways. But there really isn't anywhere for a man to go, so that's why most men end up homeless. That might seem like it have, has nothing to do with abortion, but it actually it has a lot to do with abortion. It also has a lot to do with UFOs. It has a lot to do with every single topic that is divided down the center as being a left or right-wing issue or a pro or anti-issue. There, there's no news station to cover objectivity. You're not going to get objectivity on Fox News or on CNN. You're not going to get objectivity on virtually every single independent radio show because they still have an agenda. Their agenda is pushing the Bible. Their agenda is pushing atheism. I know that in radio, it's about, a, it's about 15 minutes is the average listening time. So 
if you're listening to this right now, I, I'm probably not going to repeat this this in the next segment or the segment after that. But if you hear this, you'll maybe understand where I'm coming from. If you don't, and people who tune in later hear what I'm saying, they're probably going to think I'm on a side. I'm picking a side. And so automatically, you're either with somebody or you're against them. I mean, the whole thing is a fallacy. You you realize that every argument, the abortion argument, the UFO argument, everything, everything It's not just politics. Every argument and discussion we have in society is a fallacy. The Supreme Court's majority opinion in Roe v. Wade in 1973 was that a woman's right is not absolute to have an abortion. She is not entitled to terminate her pregnancy at whatever time and whatever way and for whatever reason she alone chooses. Look at states like Texas, Senate Bill 8. They are allowing citizens to sue practitioners that are providing abortions. And people were protesting when that news broke in Rochester, New York. Do the math. How far is Texas from Rochester, New York, where I was living at the time? And people were protesting in Rochester, New York, saying, don't overturn Roe versus Wade. And that's when I started looking into this very carefully last year. And I started reading court cases and I started reading up about what the laws are. And I realized, hold on a second. Roe versus, actually, basically, I have a bunch of constitutional law books. I started, I'm pretty much reading. I've read or I've I've almost read all the the main constitutional law books that you have to read if you're going to be a first-year law student, because I'm hoping to be able to do that. I just don't have $40,000 to go to law school at the moment. But I've read all the introduction books, so I'm going to be ahead if I ever do get into that. So that's that's what I started doing, and I started reading. And, I mean, it doesn't matter if the author of the book is is Democrat-Republican. It does That is irrelevant. It, the fact is, if you read Roe versus Wade... It actually, it actually will tell you, and if you read Casey in 1992, it actually tells you states have a right to regulate abortion. So when people were protesting that initially, I sat there and I watched it and I thought, you're literally holding up signs saying the Texas law is illegal, don't overturn Roe versus Wade, when Roe versus Wade and Casey actually give Texas the right loophole or otherwise, to regulate abortion. You're literally holding up a sign that says, don't overturn Texas's right to regulate abortion. But you can't get that through people's thick skulls because they're pro. It's not Roe versus Wade, it's pro versus anti. Try to get this through somebody's thick skull. In 1987, the New York Times published an article about an interview that was conducted with a lady. Do you know who the lady was? You might know what I'm talking about here. The lady was Norma McCorvey. Norma McCorvey was the Jane Roe of Roe versus Wade. She gave an interview with the syndicated newspaper columnist Carl Rowan. The interview was conducted in June in Dallas. September of 1987 is the article, so a few months before the article was published. 
Miss McCorvey's hometown, Dallas, Texas, where she gave this interview as part of a documentary that was then broadcast on a station there in Texas. Miss McCorvey told Mr. Rowan that she had fabricated her account of being raped by three men and a woman in 1969 because she had hoped to circumvent a 100-year-old Texas law that banned abortions except when the woman's life was in danger. Miss McCorvey said that she had actually become pregnant, quote, through what I thought was love, end quote, and that she decided to challenge the state law when her doctor told her that she could not legally have an abortion in Texas. So in 1970, her lawyers filed a federal suit against Henry Wade, the Dallas County District Attorney. The suit, protecting her anonymity, identified her as Jane Rowe, and it was eventually upheld by the Supreme Court, legalizing abortion on January 22, 1973, citing the 14th Amendment's privacy protections. The only problem is, Ms. McCorvey was a liar. Ms. McCorvey was never raped. She got pregnant by choice and then decided, I guess the person I got pregnant with didn't actually love me. And so I would like an abortion. And the doctor says you can't get an abortion because your life is not threatened. It wasn't, you know, it, not that rape necessarily was the defining factor, but it, it's not like you were, you know, you're in a situation where you're going to die, so you cannot legally get an abortion. So she sues. She lied about being raped and then sued the Dallas County District Attorney. And she won. The Supreme Court upheld that she could get an abortion, despite the fact that she was never raped. She consented to sexual intercourse, got pregnant, and then regretted the decision. And because she consented to sexual intercourse, that's penetration, folks. That's ejaculation, folks. She got pregnant. Fertilization, folks. And then she decided, you know what? That really wasn't love. I regret the decision now. I'm going to sue because I can't get an abortion. I can't have the government bail me out for a piss-poor decision I made. So she lied about being raped. And the Supreme Court actually upheld that abortion could be made legal. Based on a lie based on a malicious lie because some women actually are raped and get pregnant from it. It's about 25,000 a year, incest and rape. It's highly disrespectful to those women. And now it's the women that say, you should be able to get an abortion if you're raped, that are pro-abortion, clearly, and they are holding up signs that say Roe versus Wade should not be overturned when Roe, Norma McCorvey, was never raped to begin with. Never raped. She lied. She lied about being gang raped, basically. By three men and a woman. And then because of her poor decision in getting pregnant by choice... 
she decided to sue and the Supreme Court somehow upheld it. Roe versus Wade, it doesn't matter what your views are, and I'm a circumstantialist, if you will. Roe versus Wade was built on sand. It should never have been made a federal precedent in Supreme Court case law that abortion could be made legal across the 50 states. Should never have ever, ever, ever come into existence because it was based on a lie. Norma McCorvey, she ain't a good person. Norma McCorvey is a liar. And not only a liar, a liar about rape and pregnancy. Norman McCorvey is a low-life degenerate for making that decision and then putting that responsibility on the state to determine what she could do. And because of that lie, millions of babies, and specifically black babies, have been murdered since 1973. And even so, even so, the Supreme Court still gives states like Texas well, all states, but states like Texas, the right to regulate abortion to some extent. Some people think, hey, I'm in California. I can have an abortion like getting a mimosa. No, you can't actually do that. In California, you still have to have doctors sign off on it. You still have to undergo evaluations. You can't just walk into a clinic and get an abortion, legally at least. And besides that, statistically, only a handful of abortions are actually performed safely with legalized abortions. The woman lied about being raped. And people uphold her as some hero. Trust women, right? We should trust women. When women, although it's not really women, though, to be fair to ladies, when degenerate low-life scum do things like that because they're selfish and they're irresponsible, the rest of us have to suffer as a result. And so, yes, I hope that the Supreme Court overturns Roe versus Wade because it never should have been turned in the first place. It shouldn't have to be overturned because it should have been denied from the beginning. And in fact, I think there should have been an investigation into Norman McCorvey and there should have been an investigation into that Supreme Court's decision because the woman is a liar about being raped and refused to take responsibility for consensual sex which got her pregnant. That is a despicable, grotesque, and ugly thing. And it's disrespectful to women who actually are raped. If you do not believe me, I don't care because I know that that is reality. Key abortion plaintiff now denies she was raped. New York Times, 1987. I'd be happy to send you a copy of the article if you'd like it. Or I can send you Roe versus Wade PDF where it actually says the right is not absolute. And while we argue about Roe versus Wade, Oklahoma lawmakers have passed one of the nation's strictest abortion bills banning procedure from the moment of fertilization. Obviously, activists that are pro-abortion are already protesting this and saying, see, 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 look, this is what happens when Roe versus Wade is overturned. 
even though Roe versus Wade said a woman's right to abortion is not absolute, and it was based on Norman McCorvey's lie about being raped that she admitted in the late 1980s was a lie. She just wanted a bailout because she had made a poor decision, and then she lied about being raped. And the Oklahoma bill that people are already upset about saying, look, Roe versus Wade overturned. That means Oklahoma's going to not allow people to kill babies anymore. And what about if a woman is raped or there's a medical emergency or incest? It doesn't allow for that. It actually does. The bill prohibits abortion at any stage of pregnancy with exceptions for medical emergencies, rape, incest, sexual assault, etc. House Bill 4327. Agree or disagree, it's not what the pro-abortion or the anti-abortion people really say that it is, which is astounding because you would think that anti-abortion people would be honest about what the law is. But for political reasons, they're like, no, it restricts abortion entirely. And it doesn't. The pro-abortion people said the same thing. It restricts abortion entirely, but it doesn't. It's all about your politically motivated beliefs. And it's about the money within those groups and those organizations. I'm Ryan Gable. This is The Secret Teachings. There's more after this. A whole other hour coming up tonight on the broadcast. You don't want to miss it. I hope you're enjoying the show. Stay with us. We'll be back. You are hearing the sound between that which is above and that which is below. It's KTLK Digital Broadcasting, The Fringe FM. The Secret Teachings is finally available on nearly every podcast platform, from Apple to Spotify and Podcast Addict. Search the name and start listening today for free. But if you want to avoid those annoying ads, head on over to thesecretteachings.info and subscribe to the ad-free archive. It's got old shows, new shows, and you can also download Ryan's digital books. Subscribe today. What are you waiting for? The end of the world? If you enjoy The Secret Teachings and want to hold years of my research in your hands, visit our website and grab physical and digital copies of my books. Occult Arcana will introduce you to sacred myths, folklore, magic, theology, and alchemy. The technological elixir will take you from transhumanism and AI to black goo and UFOs. And food philosophy might just change your mind about what we call food, germ theory, and geoengineering. Remember, shipping is always included with the books. Visit www.thesecretteachings.info and get your copy today. The Secret Teachings is now on Gab and Getter. Search Ryan Gable on both to find the show or stick with The Secret Teachings in the Metaverse. People ask me all the time what they can do to take control of their lives when facing a daily onslaught of dis- and misinformation. I say take control of your body and mind with water filtration. Visit www.thesecretteachings.info and click on our affiliate sponsor link with Pro One Water Filters at the top of the page to search for a water filter for the home, camping trip, and even the shower. They filter countless contaminants and make a wonderful gift for friends, family, and yourself. That's Pro One Water Filters at thesecretteachings.info. Are you intrigued by Paranormal Talk Radio? You'll love the new Paranormal Radio app from TalkStream Live. You'll find a great selection of talk shows covering UFOs, ghosts, strange phenomena, and much more. Download the Paranormal Radio app now and start listening to the very best in Paranormal Talk entertainment, including the network you're listening to right now. The Paranormal Radio app, free in Google Play and the iOS App Store. Hello, folks. This is Jordan Maxwell. My website is jordanmaxwellshow.com, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings with your host, Ryan Gable. 
Do you have everything you need to explore the secret teachings? I've got my secret socks on and my secret TV and my secret TV channel. Looks like SpongeBob's ready. Are you? Hey, this is John Peasy at JohnPeasy.com, and I'm here with Ryan Gable from The Secret Teaching. This is David Icke from DavidIcke.com, and you are listening to The Secret Teachings with Ryan Gable. Attention, you are tuned into restricted airspace. Tune out immediately. This is KTLK Digital Broadcasting, The Fringe FM. Welcome back to the Secret Teachings Radio Broadcast. I'm your host, Ryan Gable. Thank you so much for tuning in this evening, this morning, this afternoon, whenever and wherever you are listening around the world, on the road, at home, whenever and wherever. Thank you so much for tuning in and being a part of the Secret Teachings. show airs Monday through Friday for those of you who don't know. Our full show archive is available pretty much anywhere you can listen to a radio show or a podcast. But we do have an archive on our website without any of the annoying advertisements. And when you subscribe to that archive, you'll get a lot more than just the show. You'll get our montages, my digital books, early access to the show when it's pre-recorded, and you will also get a private RSS feed for your podcast radio player. And if you are listening on a radio or podcast player, please don't hesitate. Scroll down to the bottom and leave us a review. Sometimes people leave really nasty reviews because they just don't like the topic. So please leave us a review and let us know what you honestly think without simply just criticizing and and, and yelling. Uh, I'd really appreciate an honest review. That might mean three stars. I don't know. Just tell me what you honestly think in a civilized way. Same thing if you email us at rdgable at yahoo.com or you follow us on Twitter, TST underscore underscore radio or facebook.com forward slash the secret teachings. I'm going to admit something to you. I'm a little bit jealous. I'm a little bit frustrated, especially with social media. And especially if you get on Twitter, I guess it depends on what you like, or what you don't like, what you choose to associate yourself with and what you retweet and all that stuff. I don't really know how the algorithm works and I don't really care about social media, but, but I do get jealous that you can post whatever you want as long as it aligns with one group or the other. Like my feed on Twitter is filled with comments from women mostly that say abortion is murder, abortion is murder, Overturn Roe versus Wade, overturn Roe versus Wade. God likes all babies, stuff like that. And once in a while, I'll see someone who's pro-abortion, and they do the same thing. Abortion is not murder, it's women's health. And abortion is, is about health care. And I've noticed that there are hashtags that go both directions. Abortion is murder. Abortion is not murder. Abortion is health care. Abortion is not health care. The algorithm is, is being fed very well, being fattened up very nicely, I feel. 
And when I see that, I've I've commented on people's posts on Twitter, and I don't do it very often, but I've commented. I'm trying to figure out how to use it if I'm just if I'm being honest with you. I'm trying to figure out how to use Twitter. I don't know. Like hardly anybody comes over and, and says anything or follows me, and I think I feel like I'm and actually I know last night I posted something and it just disappeared from my feed and was deleted by Twitter. So I guess some people just don't even see what I post. And and I'm not saying I'm I, I need a, a million followers. What I'm saying is I just find it weird. Like you can post abortion is murder, abortion is murder, or you can post abortion is not murder, abortion is not murder. And every and there's there's a there's a million, a thousand, a million people that'll that'll retweet it, follow it, follow you, like you, whatever. But if you do what I did and you post a copy of Roe versus Wade and a statement from Roe versus Wade, the seventy three. Supreme Court case, nobody cares. I posted on Twitter a statement from Roe versus Wade, the majority opinion of the court that said, on the basis of elements such as these, and they refer to things like maternity issues, health issues, privacy issues, etc., some argue that, quote, the woman's right is absolute and that she is entitled to terminate her pregnancy at whatever time and whatever way and for whatever reason she alone chooses. With this, we do not agree. That's what I posted. That's a quote from the majority opinion in Roe versus Wade. Majority opinions mean that's what sets the case. That's the decision in the case. And n- nobody cared because it wasn't, I'm for abortion, I'm against abortion. It was a pro-abortion case that literally was, in a lot of cases, anti-abortion. That's what Roe versus Wade was. And it was based on Roe, Jane Roe, Norma McCorvey, who lied about being raped by three men and a woman because she had gotten pregnant by choice. She made the decision to have intercourse and decided, I don't want to have this baby. And her doctor said, well, in Texas, you, you can't get an abortion. You have to have the baby unless there's a medical reason. So she lied and said she was raped. And then she sued the Dallas County District Attorney, Henry Wade, and the Supreme Court upheld the legalizing of abortion January 22, 1973, based on a lie that even the New York Times printed in 1987 that Norma McCorvey had lied about being raped. Nobody cares because it's not pro or anti. It's not left or right. It's not one side or the other. State of Oklahoma has now passed through their legislature a law that the governor has to sign. One of the strictest abortion bills in the country, CNN says. They passed this Yesterday, Thursday, the 19th of May, 2022. And it bans abortion procedures from the moment of fertilization. Now, depending on how you define fertilization, if you want my personal opinion, maybe you don't, but my personal opinion is when there is when there is a fully developed baby that can live outside of the womb, and live without assistance, and obviously, you know, babies need assistance anyway, but like live without machines, like they could survive temporarily by themselves without a machine 
or without like, you know, some kind of medical intervention per se. Like if the baby is, is that's how I would define a human, a heartbeat that makes them alive. They can move around, you know, what they call viable. But I'm also open to other points of view. I'm just saying like off the top of my head, that seems the most logical. So this bill bans abortion at fertilization. Now you would think, you would think that the anti-abortion crowd that supports this bill, HB 4327, would be honest about what the bill actually does. But the anti-abortion people don't read these bills any more than the pro-abortion people. Most of the legislature doesn't read this kind of stuff. The reason I say that is because the bill isn't an outright restriction on abortion. But what are Republicans and right-wing Christians going to do? They're going to say, look, in Oklahoma, we passed a bill banning abortion at fertilization. We love God. We love babies. And you know what is funny about that statement? It's false. Because the bill doesn't ban abortions at fertilization, period. It bans abortion from fertilization unless you've been raped, sexually assaulted, the victim of incest, or you're facing a medical emergency. Now, clearly, the anti-abortion crowd isn't being honest about that because, and some of them are, but most of them are not, because what that means is if you acknowledge that, then you're basically saying in some cases abortion is okay, and for Christian conservatives, that's unacceptable. But the pro-abortion people, they're not honest about it either because obviously it directly feeds into their narrative of Republicans restricting access to abortion as soon as Roe versus Wade is being discussed as possibly being overturned. Pro-abortion advocates certainly don't want to admit that this bill is maybe the fertilization part of it might be a little too extreme but they don't want to admit that the bill actually allows for abortion because then that destroys their narrative as well. Because that's what the bill does. Like in Florida, Florida has a 15-week abortion ban. Arizona has a 15-week abortion ban. And all the media can do here in Arizona is, is tell the public, you read this in the newspaper, the Tucson Weekly, all the media can tell the public here in Tucson or in Arizona is Republicans in Arizona don't want women to have rights they've banned abortion. And some of them will admit it's a 15-week cutoff. And even then, if they admit it's a 15-week cutoff, don't acknowledge, maybe they're, maybe they're stupid, I don't know. They're like, you can't have an abortion after 15 weeks. And then the Tucson Weekly and these newspapers, are, and even, I would assume, the media, but I, I don't really watch local news either, and uh, all the newspapers are like, yeah, they don't want you to have an abortion if you've been raped. Well, maybe you're misunderstanding what 15 weeks means. It, it means you can't get an abortion after that, sure, but you can get one before that for rape, incest, sexual violence, or just for any other reason. That's 15 weeks. That's quite a bit of time. You're, you're going to know you're pregnant. And if you are raped or the victim of incest, you probably should be checking to see if, if, if you're pregnant or taking a plan B pill the next day. I mean, there's 
this is such a, a simple issue if you use critical thinking, if you use reasoning skills, but otherwise it, it seems very complex because it's, oh, look, Arizona banned abortion. Well, not not really. Oh, look, Oklahoma's banning abortion. That's a good thing for Christian conservatives. Well, actually, Christian conservatives don't want to talk about what the bill does. It actually allows for abortion under medical rape, incest, etc. And neither side wants to be honest about it. And that's my problem. And that's the point. It's the same thing with ufology. You're not allowed to question Roswell. You're not allowed to question Louis Elizondo. You're not even allowed to ask questions about the narrative or you're seen as a skeptic. Yes, I'm relating abortion and ufology together because it's the same hive mind, group collective ideology. And it's an industry. Being pro-abortion is an industry just like being anti-abortion. Hardcore right-wing Christian conservatives and others that aren't necessarily Christian are anti-abortion. They get money to support their beliefs. People that are pro-abortion, including everybody from the women have a right to choose to the Satanists to actually get pregnant with random guys to have abortions because they're actually satanic witches. They want to literally sacrifice children. They also get money for their cause. Both sides are an industry. So nobody wants to admit that in Oklahoma, Arizona, Florida, any other place, Abortion isn't going to be absolutely restricted. You can still get an abortion for rape, incest, and for medical reasons. That's the case now, and that's the case with this so-called restrictive Oklahoma law. And it's strange to me that, once again, nobody wants to read Roe versus Wade, which says there isn't an absolute right, and nobody wants to acknowledge that Norman McCorvey Rowe, Jane Rowe, lied about being raped. She was, she was never raped. But what might be more bizarre than that is this headline. The race to get emergency abortions and contraception to Ukraine amid reports of mass sexual violence by Russian soldiers. Take a listen to this. Ukraine says it's received more than 400 reports of sexual violence, including rape, in two weeks. This article is from a week ago, last week. The article is published by Insider and a number of others, and it said that Insider, along with these other news outlets, were unable to verify the allegations. But reports of rape have emerged from across Ukraine. According to the article and various people that are cited in the article, I'm not going to get into too much detail. They're saying about, for example, in one specific area, Buka, 25 girls and women ages 14 to 24 were raped during the occupation of a house. Nine of them are now pregnant. And because of pregnancies such as these, there's now a critical race to quickly get reproductive health supplies to Ukrainian women in need. I also read this morning that the U.S. Senate has approved a $40 billion aid package to Ukraine. 
Senator Rand Paul had previously held up the $40 billion package because he said that there was no oversight, and there wasn't. And did all the senators read it? There's a really good chance they didn't. Because what happens is it gets placed in front of you, and you're asked, do you support Ukraine? Of course I support Ukraine. I have a blue and yellow pen on right now. Sign right here, we're going to give him $40 billion. Yet, billions of dollars in aid going to a foreign country, it's just never a consideration that maybe the aid could be given to Americans. I'm not for a universal basic income. Honestly, I'm not even for gas vouchers. I don't think that the government should be giving anybody gas vouchers. And see, this is the problem with, with politics. It's, it's selfishness. What do you mean? I need money for gas. I should get a gas voucher. They're giving this money to Ukraine. Okay, but the money they're giving to Ukraine is fictitious. It does not exist, first of all. Second of all, if they gave you that money, it also would be fictitious and not exist. And when the fictitious money gets put into circulation, the value of the money you have decreases. And the cost of goods, including gas, increases. Because your money is not worth as much. That's why you're basically going to need a bucket of money to go get a tank of gas. But people don't understand that. They just want the free handout. I need to pay for gas now. I want money now. The government should not be handing you gas vouchers or universal basic income. You should not be getting addicted to the teat of government. Because every time they do it, the stipulation is always implied. And sometimes the stipulation is directly stated that if you take this money, you now work for the government. You now must do what the government says that you have to do. $40 billion to Ukraine. Talks of gas vouchers. But you see the people that are giving you the money are the very people that caused the problem to begin with. That's called gaslighting. That's like somebody who physically assaults their significant other. And when I think of that, I don't think of a man hitting a woman. I think of a man hitting a woman and a woman hitting a man because domestic violence is 50-50 down the middle across the developed world. I think of a, a woman hitting a man, a man hitting a woman. In domestic violence situations, if, if you're, you, you're beating up on your partner and then the next day you're telling them, oh, I love you, I'm so sorry, that'll never happen again. That's equivalent to government saying, we don't care about you. You're going to pay more at the gas pump, even though we hate big oil companies, we hate big, big fuel companies. Um, we're going to make sure they make record profits. And we're going to pretend like there's actually restrictions on gas and oil, but there really isn't because it's all been contracted. 
We're going to do that for political reasons. So you support us. And then when you can't afford it, we tell you buy an electric car, which is an insult, or we'll give you maybe a gas voucher. Do you want a gas voucher? But they're the ones that created the problem to begin with. And with $40 billion more aid going to Ukraine, that just makes the cost of goods go up that much more. And then you want those same people to bail you out. And it's funny because, you know, we, we want to give all this money and now we want to give contraception to Ukraine. And by the way, it's not just contraception, it's also baby formula. We've we got to get the baby formula to the Ukrainians. We've got to ship the, 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 the Ukrainians all this baby formula. We've got to get it to the, the, the southern border. Got to make sure those, those immigrant babies are fed. What about American babies? We don't like American babies. American babies are evil. American babies are supremacists. American babies are bad. American families are bad. But Mexicans or South Americans, those are, those are good babies. Ukrainian babies, no, those are good babies, unless they're Russians and then they're bad babies. You don't like families. You don't like America. You don't like nationalism. You don't like borders and you don't like flags, but you're flying the flag of a foreign nation over a border dispute and you want to get them as much baby formula as possible to feed Ukrainian babies, but you want contraception also sent with the baby formula to kill the Russian babies. This is total and absolute hysteria and madness. But it's not just hysteria and madness. It's also people that are, by definition, psychotic. Take a listen to this psychopath on MS. NBC. This was from about a week ago. Some this is just a un, unbelievable, an unbelievable, narcissistic, arrogant psychopath on NBC, telling the audience, and and then of course all the people that are sitting there listening to her, they they laugh at what she says that she wants to make love to the person who leaked the Supreme Court draft and then she wants to abort the, the baby. And there have actually been a number of, of, of cases like this in the media recently, people saying that they want to get pregnant just so that they can have abortions. And see, that's not just my opinion. That's, I mean, that's actually, that's actually in, let's call it news. I, I'm not sure it's, but that's 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 pretty much everywhere you look. There there really are people like this. There really are people that are so sick, that are so evil, that are so despicable. This is this is what they honestly believe. And um, you know it's 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 difficult when you listen to something like this if you're an honest person a sincere person, regardless of what you believe, you have to think that that's just, that's just uncalled for. And yet not only is it uncalled for, it actually becomes called for and it becomes acceptable and it becomes the norm. And so not only do you have MSNBC saying this type, this type of thing, but you also have mayors like Lori Lightfoot in Chicago saying similar things. Let's let's listen to what this hack on MSNBC said. I guess so. I mean, here's- 
just my feeling about the leaker. I, I would like to find out who the leaker is so I could make sweet love to that person because that person is a hero <laughs> to me. Okay? And if the leaker, yeah. a lot of people are saying it could be a conservative, if the leaker is a Republican, uh, and if I get pregnant during our lovemaking, I will joyfully abort our fetus and let them know. <laughs> I don't know if that answered your question. And then look at these psychopaths laugh at it and think it's funny. It has nothing to do with rape, nothing to do with incest, nothing to do with medical emergencies. That is a psychopathic witch. That is a psychopathic witch who says, I want to get pregnant just so I can abort the fetus joyfully. These are demons. Yep, Alex Jones was right about that. These are demons. That's not just my opinion, ladies and gentlemen. There are people who actually believe that kind of thing, and they're allowed to get on MSNBC, and they're allowed to make that statement, and people just smile and think, oh, that's funny. Look at these other hacks who laugh at what this woman says. You can, you can hear them snickering. I don't know if that answered your question. I probably didn't. Um, it, it was a little. It was a little off topic. It was a little. Go ahead, okay. Jeff. <laughs> Take this one. This this is who gives you the news. This is who tells you. This, these are the arbiters of reality. And then you have Lori Lightfoot in Chicago saying this. To my friends in the LGBTQ plus community, the Supreme Court is coming for us next. This moment has to be a call to arms. Oh. We will not surrender our rights without a fight. A fight to victory. I don't know about you, but if a Republican had said this is a moment that we should call to arms... This is a moment has this moment has to be a call to arms and we will not surrender our rights without a fight, a fight to victory. They'd probably consider that an insurrection. But because Beetlejuice said it, it's okay. So MSNBC can have guests on that literally say, I want to make sweet love to the Republican who leaked this draft of the Supreme Court's decision or their upcoming decision. It's a draft opinion. And then I would joyfully abort our fetus. And Lori Lightfoot can say, we need to use this moment as a call to arms, and we will not surrender our rights. We will fight to victory. Yet what you're fighting for actually says that your right to abortion is not absolute, and it's based on a lying scumbag who was never actually raped. Yet you want to get pregnant so you can abort the baby just for fun. Yet, you want to use this as a call to arms to invoke violence in order to intimidate judges to overturn their decision, which is a federal offense. It is a, it, it is a federal crime. And we're going to get into that next here on The Secret Teachings. I'm Ryan Gable. There's more after this. Stay with us. Broadcasting from the edge of thought and consciousness, it's KTLK Digital Broadcasting, The Fringe FM. 
The Secret Teachings is finally available on nearly every podcast platform, from Apple and Spreaker to Spotify and Podcast Addict. Also available is TST Weekends. Search the show name and start listening today for free. If you want to avoid those annoying ads, subscribe to our ad-free archive with our oldest shows, a private RSS feed, our montage archive, and Ryan's digital books. Visit thesecretteachings.info. People ask me all the time what they can do to take control of their lives when facing a daily onslaught of dis- and misinformation. I say take control of your body and mind with water filtration. Visit www.thesecretteachings.info and click on our affiliate sponsor link with Pro One Water Filters at the top of the page to search for a water filter for the home, camping trip, and even the shower. They filter countless contaminants and make a wonderful gift for friends, family, and yourself. That's Pro One Water Filters at thesecretteachings.info. If you enjoy The Secret Teachings and want to hold years of Ryan's research in your hands, visit the website and grab a physical and digital copy of Ryan's books. Occult Arcana will introduce you to sacred myths, folklore, magic, and alchemy. The technological elixir will take you from transhumanism and AI to black goo and UFOs. Food philosophy will change your mind about what we call food, germ theory, and geoengineering. And remember, shipping is always included. Some restrictions exist for international. Visit thesecretteachings.info. For a lot longer than most podcasts have been around, The Secret Teachings has been at the forefront of unique investigation into both the mundane and the extraordinary. Critical thought and controlled speculation allowed us to determine that the much-anticipated UAP report would be vague, unexplained, and would simply imply the need for defense against national security threats. We determined that sonic weapons were the cause of Havana Syndrome a full year before CNN acknowledged the same. We told you about the mind-controlled magic, sex slavery, and intellectual theft in the music industry long before Britney Spears spoke out about her conservatorship, and we've been removed from radio for refusing to censor our show over international child trafficking networks and sex cults long before Epstein didn't kill himself. This has been done with no budget, only your support, and a will to learn and succeed. And you can continue to be a part of The Secret Teachings journey as we broadcast Monday through Friday after lighting the void with Joe Roop, right here on KTLK Digital Broadcasting, The Fringe FM. This is The Secret Teachings. If you'd like to contact the show, email Ryan at rdgable at yahoo.com or find him on Facebook at facebook.com slash thesecretteachings. Howdy, this is Joe Mars, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings. KTLK Digital Broadcasting, The Fringe FM. I'm your host, Ryan Gable, and this is The Secret Teachings Radio. If you'd like to contact me, you can email the show at rdgable at yahoo.com. I'd be very happy to send you a copy of the 1987 New York Times article in which Norma McCorvey, a.k.a. Jane Rowe, admitted that she was never raped by three men and a woman. She actually consensually had sex, got pregnant, and then wanted the state to bail her out. And when her doctor said you can't get an abortion because it's illegal unless there's a medical reason for the intervention, she said, that's not right. I want an abortion. I decided that this baby was not made out of love, and I changed my mind. I don't want to have the baby now. So she made up a story about being raped. 
And then she filed a federal suit against Henry Wade, the Dallas County District Attorney. And the Supreme Court on January 22nd, 1973, citing privacy protections in the 14th Amendment, made abortion legal. Although it didn't actually make abortion legal, absolutely. Because the Supreme Court's majority decision in Roe v. Wade, which I'd also be very happy to send you, Roe v. Wade, PDF, 1973. You can read the syllabus, the majority opinion, and the minority opinion, the dissenting opinion. And it says... Some of the arguments that, quote, the woman's right is absolute and that she is entitled to terminate her pregnancy at whatever time in whatever way and for whatever reason she alone chooses, with this we do not agree. That's the majority opinion in Roe versus Wade based on a lie that a woman was raped when she actually wasn't and she just wanted a bailout for her irresponsibility and for her regret. And even in states like Oklahoma, which this week, The state legislature of Oklahoma passed a bill that is supposed to be the strictest abortion bill in the country, banning the procedure from fertilization. Florida and Arizona have laws that break off abortion rights at 15 weeks. Before that, whether you're raped, whether you're the victim of sexual violence, incest, you can get an abortion. Those states do not ban abortions. They just restrict access to them. And people are upset, I believe, ultimately, because it means that Planned Parenthood will not be able to get access to more fully formed fetuses, which is going to affect their pharmaceutical contracts and their beverage and food processing contracts. It's going to affect and upset a lot of economic systems. However, in Oklahoma, the bill actually doesn't ban abortion. HB 4327 Although it bans abortion after fertilization, you'd think it bans all abortion. It doesn't. It actually prohibits abortion after fertilization, except when there are medical emergencies, sexual assault, rape, incest, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, as long as it's been reported to law enforcement. So you can't get pregnant consensually and then just lie like Norma did, a.k.a. Roe and say, yeah, I was, I was raped, and I should be able to have an abortion, and this is wrong, when you're a lying scumbag and you weren't actually raped. You consensually had sex, you got pregnant, and then you decide, I'm going to say I was raped. Not in Oklahoma. If you reported it immediately to police, then you might be able to get an abortion. I find that to be quite fair. I find a 15-week cutoff to be quite fair. Have an abortion frenzy up to 14 weeks and six days. Cut them out of you, rip them out of you, do a satanic ritual, whatever you got to do. Get those babies out of you. You got 15 weeks to do it. That's plenty of time to have an abortion. But I'm not pro or anti-abortion. I'm a circumstantialist. You know how Amazon is always plagued with those claims they don't pay their employees enough? You know how Starbucks is beginning to unionize because their employees are a bunch of good little comrades? Both of those companies don't really pay their employees a true living wage. Not many companies do. Not many companies can afford it when we continue to send hundreds of billions of dollars overseas to devalue our dollar and increase the price of goods in our country so that living expenses go up, but the amount of pay you get stays the same. But Amazon and Starbucks, they... 
they don't they don't like paying their employees more money, but they're all about equal rights. They'll equally pay everybody less than they should be earning. Both of those companies are also proponents of progressive climate change agendas. So that means they want to restrict your access to travel, like transportation secretary who said, well, if you can't afford gas, just buy an electric car. Arrogant, smug guy who holds gay rallies for children. Total piece of trash. So, Amazon and Starbucks have announced they're going to pay employees for the time off and the expenses of going to get an abortion in a neighboring state if, say, they're in Florida. Now, why would Amazon and Starbucks put up that kind of money when you can get an abortion already in Florida just before 15 weeks? And why would they put up that kind of money when they otherwise don't have it to pay their employees a living wage? And why would they pay that money and encourage flights and buses and cars driving across state lines to other states when they care about carbon emissions? So maybe it's Arizona. Maybe it's Arizona. They're close to California. You drive from Arizona to California because Amazon pays for it. Starbucks pays for it. And you get to California and you think, I'm going to have an abortion here. It's a frenzy. I can do whatever I want. Turns out in California, there actually are restrictions on abortion too. (gasps) You didn't know that? There's restrictions on abortion in California. There's restrictions on abortion in a lot of states. Colorado passed a law in March of 2022 affirming the right to abortion, but there's a parental notification law. There's a ban on Medicaid paying for the abortion. And it does not require private insurers to cover the abortion. So you still have to pay for it. You still have to have notification from the parents. And Medicaid isn't going to pay for your abortion. But I have a right to it. Sure. But you're going to pay for it. And because of medical etiquette and common sense, 15-year-olds can't be banging their way through the lower side of the city and then getting pregnant every other week and then having abortions like it's going to get a haircut. Oh, and by the way, California also just passed legislation that eliminates out-of-pocket abortion costs for anyone with health insurance. But they don't allow abortions after fetal viability. So get your rainbow flags, get a razor, shave half your head, get some coloring, dye the other half green, yellow, pink, purple, red, blue, whatever you choose, whatever you're feeling identifiable as today, and get a, a check from Starbucks or Amazon And drive to California with your viable fetus and watch California tell you, no, you actually can't get an abortion because the fetus is viable. Again, Roe versus Wade actually does not give you an absolute right to abortion. And Roe versus Wade and Casey, the other case in 1992 in Pennsylvania, gave states a right to regulate abortion. It actually gave states like Texas the right with Senate Bill 8 to do what they did with SB8 when people were protesting SB8 overturns Roe versus Wade when in fact SB8 is a result of Roe versus Wade. Not directly, of course. It's indirect. It's a loophole. But nonetheless, it is supported by Roe v. Wade and it is supported by Casey in 1992. 
and neither side of the abortion argument wants to talk about this. Neither side wants to admit that in Oklahoma, it's so restrictive, but you can actually have abortions for medical reasons, sexual assault, rape, incest, as long as it was reported, as long as you're not like Norma McCorvey and lie about being raped, it has to be documented, and then maybe you can get an abortion. So California, people think they can have abortions like getting their hair cut. You actually can't. You can't if the fetus is viable. And in Oklahoma, people think it's total restriction, but it's it's not actually because you can still get an abortion in Oklahoma. I hope that I'm making myself crystal clear tonight. Also, it is now a trend on social media, and it is a, a very dangerous trend. People have been sharing the news that there are pills that you can take if Roe versus Wade is overturned. There are pills that you can take that will terminate your pregnancy, and these pills are actually from veterinarians. I'm trying to hold back my laughter and the irony of, of this is what I'm, I'm trying to do. But Vice News published an article two weeks ago highlighting abortion pills from veterinarians after previously criticizing those who took animal versions of ivermectin, which I think is poison, but I find it interesting that for some reason ivermectin is poison, but... You can go to a vet and get a chemical cocktail, a misoprostol, and induce abortion that way. But that is okay because it's abortion and it's not a disease that doesn't actually have a basis in viral contagion theory and it's just people that are sick from normal everyday activity. And then, of course, people that are pro-abortion and people that are anti-abortion both have a long history of violence, which is ironic, especially for anti-abortion people. Both have a long history of violence. Abortion clinics have been attacked. Abortion clinics have been, uh, have been burned. But so have facilities and so have people been assaulted and attacked for being anti-abortion. And it's very strange, very strange that the mainstream media is claiming that abortion clinics are bracing for protests and harassment and violence if Roe fails. If Roe falls, abortion clinics are bracing for protest. Roe has to fall. Right, so that means Roe has to be upright. So right now, Roe is upright. She lied, but it's still upright. And what I mean by that is it's upright before it falls. Do you see what I'm saying here? Meaning that why would abortion clinics be bracing for protests? These are places that already give abortions. So why would they be bracing for protests if Roe fails? It would make abortion an issue of state rights which change and vary per state, Oklahoma, California, Florida, 
And in restrictive states, you can actually get abortions. And in open states, you actually can't get as many abortions as you thought. Why wouldn't abortion clinics be constantly putting up with protests and harassment? Why is it only when Roe versus Wade fails, falls, and is overturned? Maybe it's because those that plan the violence are planning to stage violence. When in fact, it's actually the pro-abortion folks that have something to be angry about. And since they have something to be angry about, they're already planning to riot this summer. They're already planning to riot this summer. It's all over the news. I don't know if you've seen it, but it's all over the news. We've already seen Governor Tony Evers denounce an attack on a anti-abortion group headquarters in Wisconsin. The attack on the office of the Wisconsin Family Action Building came days after the leaked draft of the Supreme Court ruling. Obviously, that's okay, though, because they're anti-abortion. So you can attack them, and then the media, instead of covering that story, says it's actually anti-abortionists who are going to attack pro-abortion facilities when they get their way and Roe versus Wade is overturned. Shouldn't pro-abortion people and anti-abortion people kind of be doing the opposite? Shouldn't anti-abortion people be attacking those facilities now? And there are a handful of cases every year, but shouldn't they be doing that all the time? Why would they now be preparing for it when they're going to get their way legally? And why would people that are pro-abortion that likewise attack anti-abortion people, why would they go burn a building that's anti-abortion unless it's because they're not going to have the legal protection anymore, which would make more sense. But then the media doesn't care that pro-abortion people are being violent. They're saying it's actually the anti-abortion people. But it goes further than that because a lot of Democrats in particular are very upset. They're very upset. I read an article from Reuters that said U.S. abortion rights advocates fuming over Joe Biden and Democratic response to a looming threat. I guess the Democrat voters didn't realize that Joe Biden doesn't care about you and he doesn't work for you. He works for the Great Reset and he's too busy signing billions of dollars away to foreign countries without any oversight. He's too busy giving away infant formula to illegal immigrants at the border and to people in Ukraine without any oversight. He's too busy helping big oil companies make record profits. He doesn't care about you and your Democrat agenda. He's a corporate stooge. But they're mad at him nonetheless. And I read this article and I thought, Sometimes I do a show and I feel maybe what I said was an exaggeration until I go back and listen to it and then I go find the source again and then I realize actually what I said that I thought was an exaggeration was actually an understatement. And I've told you before, Bernie Sanders, AOC, Alexandria Ocasio, communist, and a lot of others in Congress and the Senate have actually said that they want the president to just use his pen to make laws. That's called dictatorship, dunce. They've also said that they would like to just override the traditional congressional processes so they can just get laws passed. 
That's called treason. They've also said they would like to pack the Supreme Court with liberal justices to get what they want. That's called what Hitler and Stalin did. The article says the threat of the Supreme Court restricting abortion access, eh, wrong, they're actually going to allow states to decide, so it's an issue of democracy, not of restriction to access to abortion. You just can't have it like you go get a haircut. But you can still have them in Oklahoma, and you can't have as many as you thought you could in California. The threat of the Supreme Court restricting abortion access, despite popular opposition and the importance of the topic to women voters, illustrates how ineffective Democrats are, critics, including some elected officials, said. That's from Reuters. But it goes on. It says, a Democratic bill to guarantee abortion rights failed in the Senate this week, and that is true. That is true. Earlier this week, the Senate voted, and Republicans have a majority, and the bill failed. It says, unless Democrats control 60 Senate seats after November's elections, good luck. Or Biden is willing to seek the end of a procedural norm in Congress, so just overriding the traditional congressional process. That's the filibuster. Then they're not going to get a law passed for abortion, quote-unquote, rights, which the Supreme Court originally said were not absolute anyway. The White House has also ruled out what some women's rights advocates have held out as the last chance option, expanding the Supreme Court to balance out the conservative majority of justices. These people are so fundamentally anti-American and anti-freedom and anti-democracy that it's absolutely astounding. It's mind-blowing. Expand the Supreme Court. That's what Hitler and Stalin did. Use the pen of the president to just make laws. That's a dictatorship, idiot. Just overturn Congress's authority. That's called treason. But they want to do it because they want their way. They want their way so bad that Jen Psaki said that the president, the White House, encouraged people to go protest outside of the houses of federal judges. Take a listen to this. So I know that there's an outrage right now, I guess, about uh, protests that have been peaceful to date, and we certainly continue to encourage that outside of judges' homes, and that's the president's position. We encourage that outside of judges' homes. Did you hear that? We encourage that outside of judges' homes. We encourage that. We certainly continue to encourage that outside of judges' homes. Did she not get the memo that that's a federal offense, that's a felony, that's illegal Yeah, you can protest. Nobody says you can't protest, but you can't protest a judge's decision outside of their house to persuade them to overturn the decision. That's an obstruction of justice. Despite that, Brett Kavanaugh and John Roberts have seen demonstrators outside of their homes during the month of May armed with signs and chanting slogans. They marched from Kavanaugh's house in Maryland to Roberts's nearby home. They were ordered to disperse after returning to Kavanaugh's residence. Jen Psaki then doubled down on that claim while simultaneously denying it when she was talking at the University of Chicago to a journalist. Take a listen to this. 
Um, a week ago, after the Roe v. Wade protests were happening in front of the Supreme Court justices' houses, you said, and I quote, um, we certainly can continue to encourage that people protest outside of judges' homes. I now, never said that. Uh, I'm quoting from... I said peacefully. Yeah, sure, peacefully. That's a key word in there, isn't Peacefully, it? regardless, they're protesting because they're trying to impact the results. It's a federal crime to protest outside of justices' homes to impact the results. So my question is, do you regret encouraging people to protest outside of justice's homes? Even if it is peaceful, it still is a federal crime. Well, first, thank you for your question and bring it forward. Let me first say, because I think facts matter and facts are important, I never, I never encouraged anyone to protest. I encouraged them to do engage peacefully and to do it without violence, without threats, and Doesn't without intimidation. Matter. And that's something I said many, many times and I think is vitally important. Doesn't matter if it's peaceful or not. Does not matter. U.S. Code 18, Section 1507, picketing or parading. Whoever, with the intent of interfering with, obstructing, or impeding the administration of justice, or with the intent of influencing any judge, juror, witness, or court officer in the discharge of his duty, pickets or parades in or nearby a building housing a court of the United States, or in or near a building or residence occupied or used by such a judge, I don't know, their house, juror, witness, or court officer, or with such intent uses any sound truck or similar device or resorts to any other demonstration in or nearby any such building or residence shall be fined under this title or in prison not more than one year or both. 18 U.S. Code, Section 1507. It is a felony to do what Jen Psaki said, but the White House can openly encourage felonies. And that's okay. Just to make sure you heard it. To date, and we certainly continue to encourage that outside of judges' homes, and that's the president's position. That's the president's position, the White House's position, and this lying, redheaded witch. All their positions are felonies. And then Lori Lightfoot, a.k.a. Beetlejuice, said, We will not surrender our rights without a fight. A fight to victory. This moment has to be a call to arms, literally calling for the Second Amendment, which is irony in itself, literally calling for the Second Amendment, a right to bear arms. Do you know what arms are? Arms are defined in the 1700s as weapons. So it's not necessarily guns. But to be put on equal ground and to be able to have a militia, guns were the optimal arm. So if you're calling for arms to be taken up to fight against a Supreme Court decision, not only is that a call for violence, not only is that a call for insurrection, that is also a felony under the same statute, U.S. Code 18-1507, that Jen Psaki and President Joe Biden have encouraged. You are encouraging violence. You are encouraging the persuading of federal officials. That is a felony. And you are calling to arms. You are calling for violence. And you are calling for insurrection. Does nobody see this or does nobody care? Also, women have been very adamant about various forms of women's issues that they don't think men understand, like septic uterus, ectopic pregnancy. I'd like to explain them rapidly here for you so you understand what these things are whether you're a man or you're a woman, pro or anti-abortion. An ectopic pregnancy occurs in 20 out of 1,000 women. 
20 out of 1,000 women. It's an abnormal placement or positioning. A septic uterus occurs in about 25% of women. And an ectopic pregnancy and a septic uterus are two big arguments that pro-abortion advocates use. Problem is, a septic uterus doesn't occur because of abortion. And if you have a septic uterus and you are pregnant, that's actually your fault if you're trying to get an abortion for that reason because you can have the septic uterus fixed with surgery before you get pregnant. Maybe you don't know you have one. Sure, fine, no big deal. But, again, even under the most restrictive abortion law in the country in Oklahoma, if it's signed by the governor, you could get an abortion because that's a medical condition, a septic uterus. Ectopic pregnancy, very rare, but when it does happen, it's also a medical condition, so you can still get an abortion. And I had one person say, what about a miscarriage? Well, if the baby's dead, then there's no person, there's no unborn child, there's nothing to abort. Unless there's some statute that defines the dead baby inside of you as if, and you can't, your body's still going to expel it, so it's not an abortion. Louisiana, Oklahoma, big restrictive states, it doesn't, it's, it's, you can still have abortions. And the Supreme Court's opinion, again, the woman's right is not absolute in Roe versus Wade. And states have a right under Casey in Roe versus Wade. And Norma McCorvey lied about the reason she was pregnant. She said she was raped. She wasn't raped. But she raped your mind and she raped your body for decades and decades and decades and decades and decades because of her selfishness and her lying which led to psychopaths like this on MSNBC saying, I want to get pregnant and rip the baby out. There is, so I can make sweet love to that person because that person is a <laughs> hero to me, okay? And if the leaker, yeah. a lot of people are saying it could be a conservative, if the leaker is a Republican, uh, and if I get pregnant during our lovemaking, I will joyfully abort our fetus and let them know. Total psychopath. Absolute psychopath. And then the psychopaths around her start laughing and thinking that it's funny. You know, abortion is one of the leading causes of deaths for black people. Black people are also one of the leading causes of death for black people. When you're pro-abortion, you're actually anti-black. Did you know that? Nobody cares about stats. Nobody cares about facts. Nobody cares that the leading cause of death for women, one in five deaths, hundreds of thousands of a year. It's not abortion. It's not racism, it's not sexism, it's not wife-beating, it's heart disease. Even though for men, they are abused at the same rate women are for domestic violence and sexual assault, very close for sexual assault, not exactly 50-50, but close. For men, it's also heart disease, stroke, diabetes, cancer, uh, and these are things that are reversible and preventable, but instead of arguing over that issue, we're going to argue over abortion. And neither side wants to be honest that open states actually aren't as open as you thought, like California and restrictive states like Louisiana and Oklahoma aren't as restricted as you thought. And Norma lied about being raped. And the Supreme Court originally said in their majority opinion with Roe versus Wade, they actually said that it's not an absolute right. And Jen Psaki and the White House are encouraging the open protest to intimidate 
judges and overturn their decision, violating 18 U.S. Code 1507, a felony, trying to intimidate a judge to overturn a decision. That is the state of affairs. I'm Ryan Gable. That's the week. This is The Secret Teaching. Stay safe, stay informed, stay healthy. We'll talk to you on the next broadcast. Quickly, if you're going to buy one of my books, please only buy it on thesecretteachings.info. You can read reviews there, different authors, radio hosts, etc., who wrote reviews for the books. www.thesecretteachings.info. Our affiliate sponsor, Pro and Water Filters. Also, Patreon for behind-the-scenes content, our T-shirts, our free archive, and our main archive that you can subscribe to. Private RSS feed, all my books digitally, and you'll get the montage archive on top of the main archive to listen and download at your leisure. Again, stay safe, stay informed, stay healthy. We'll talk to you on the next broadcast.